Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about The Last of Us, Episode 1. I'm sure there's an episode title, but I don't know it. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Does it have an episode title, Dylan? I don't know. I'm sure it does. Uh, Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Pilot. Uh, we're, we're very professional reviewers here, but also, uh, as we always say, uh, spoilers, but it won't be till the end. So we're going to get through uh, our news. So you got about 45 minutes until we get to the review. So uh, you're good. We will not spoil anything related to The Last of Us until we get to that that portion until of the show. Do. Until we do. But anyway, uh, uh, Dylan, let's hear uh, your news this week. What'd you, what, do you, what do you have? All right. So just today or yesterday. Um, we got a trailer for The Mandalorian season three. Yes, our first trailer. Um, this one basically confirmed the plot that they outlined in Book of Boba Fett, and that he's like returning to Mandalore to restore his Mandalorian title. I guess you know. <laughs> you, you said Mandalore too many times. I know. I I, I felt it. The Mandalorian is returning to Mandalore to, to become I didn't a Mandalorian. Know how to turn back, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no. Tur- this is the way, Dylan. There's no turning back. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, so it was just like shots of Grogu in the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, you know? And, yeah, uh, I got, mean, it, it, you you didn't get a lot in this. Um, as like, this is usual for every Star Wars trailer. And like, frankly, Marvel Disney Plus trailers too. Um, but there was a, like a quick shot of some Jedi, like at Order 66 looks like. Um, the thing that like, I was thinking about watching it was like this is Mandalorian season three, and like I was thinking about the way season two ended, and I was like, it's wild that people will be like thoroughly confused if they went from season two to season three and didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if that's like the consequence of a shared universe, if that's like a good thing or a bad thing, but like, I don't know. I'd be like, oh, Grogu's back. You know, if you uh just skipped Book Book of Boba Fett, it'd be very right. confusing. That is true. Like, I mean, I, I we're really in this sort of bubble here. I don't know if there's people that didn't watch Book of Boba Fett that watched both Mandos. You know, I would assume that they, like, most of them did. Them being people that watched Mandalorian season one. Yeah, and two. I agree. I assume so, right? You would have to. But also, like, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if we're just in our comic book bubble and there's like casuals, not a. Uh negative connotation to that but you know people right. who watch these things casually you're like i love grogu i'm gonna watch the mandalorian oh, scenes, i like baby you know? yoda yeah like that kind of thing you right know? or I, I love pedro Interesting. pascal i'm gonna watch i'll just watch these you know so i wonder um but i'm, I'm sure, sure we'll the, like a those people a are crawl out there. right previously on star wars uh <laughs> before this season starts somehow grogu has returned yeah, you know they'll go through it. Yeah, they'll outline um, the book. Of on Boba the plus Fett. side, we got a real quick glimpse of my boy Dylan. Who? Uh my my one of my most favorite Star Wars characters, uh, Salacious B. Crumb. Oh, okay. Do you, Do you know who that is, Dylan? Yes, of course. Okay, the little you're eating if, good. You're you're eating good with yeah, Modok and this. Those of you who don't know, Salacious B. Crumb is a little <laughs> type of little guy that sits on Jabba's knees if he had knees. You know. I don't know why guy. I didn't know that was one of your favorite characters, but it makes come, sense now. Come on, look at him, dude. It's like that's my that's my absolute lad right there. 
Do you know my favorite Star Wars character? Um, Hit Fisto. No, it's a droid. Oh, is it um the mouse droid? No, that'd be a respectable well, actually, choice. It's two. I really like BB Nine E. Oh, um, from the Last Jedi, the evil uh, BB Eight. Yeah, the evil BB Eight. But I like. I also really like L three three seven from the Han Solo <laughs> movie, the Phoebe Waller Bridge feminist droid. You know that, that one was her. a great character. I do love that I stand droid. Her, yeah, yeah, we stand. She was all for droid rights, and she died too soon. She'll be back, I assume. I mean, she wasn't poorly received at all. <laughs> Yikes. Um. So. I, don't I mean, know. it looks cool. I mean, we're gonna watch it. <laughs> it's like it's very much a save the date, you know. Right. It, yeah, you're not getting a lot out of this trailer. And that date is March first. Okay. So it's it's coming remember. up. I feel like there's know, a ton really of stuff just like very close. Do you prefer a like couple months out? trailer like this or like a netflix style this is out next week trailer you know what i mean netflix um, like is notoriously like they drop a trailer and then it's out yeah unless it's stranger things um yeah something huge they'll but yeah, they'll yeah i i, I take but... your meaning man i don't know i think i think i like it i think i like it uh further out no 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 that's a lie i want it closer together i don't i don't want to have a trailer and then six months later i get a movie and i gotta i forget about it and I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of more in that camp too, but I don't know. I like I like the teaser trailers where it's like just a logo, you know? Right. It's like give us nothing. I kind of like those. Uh like super far out and then like a yeah. full trailer pretty soon. I I'm, but, I'm with that. I'm with that. All right, but we got some other stuff. Yes. Um this one's an interesting one. The uh a Marvel movie hasn't released uh overseas in china in like four years or so okay um the last one wasn't even really marvel it was spider-man um far from home and okay. like we've gone over before like all the reasons why yes. that is um having to do with the government and stuff but um they seem to have changed their minds or something um because black panther wakanda forever and ant-man and the wasp quantumania are both releasing in china now okay um Wakanda Forever will be out February 7th. And then Amen, which super late after the Disney Plus date. <laughs> well, and then um yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp will be out se- 10 days later on February 17th. Wow. Um do we know if there's edits? Of I would I mean I assume there it. will be, but yeah. I mean, there were already edits in Wakanda Forever. There was like a like a sapphic kiss in it that they oh, cut out okay even for us so uh, we um, can't handle it okay yeah so who knows you know um we got the forehead kiss in our cut uh, okay they're just, they're just roommates um wow but <laughs> but uh this is interesting because a lot of people are speculating it's because bob Iger took over again and okay. he seems to have like a really good relationship with some studios overseas and uh people are like of course crediting him with it like it is like pretty coincidental that he came back and then all of a sudden they start releasing in China again. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that does make sense. But it's like, it'll be interesting. A lot of people look at the box office, you know, to judge the success of a movie, um, which is fair. But like, no Marvel movie has really, other than Spider Man, like come close to what they used to do. They haven't hit a billion dollars like they used to. Right. Um, but like, it seems like maybe now that's possible again. Um, 
Mm. Not only because like there's the effects of the pandemic aren't as severe in the box office, but also like China was really instrumental in making that happen. So will Ant-Man and the Wasp do it? Will it be mm. the return to the billion dollar movie? Honestly, it might. I mean, if they I mean, have other Western movies been opening up uh wide over there? Like did they get Avatar? There's been a there's been a yes, they got Avatar. Um and then I think like Death on the Nile or something. It was weird. Oh I boy. I don't know what happened. Um I bet a Marvel would do like the first Marvel in a long time would do really well over there. I think so. That might be that being said, Black Panther is the first Marvel one that I don't think that'll do well because it's like piracy will already have been a thing because it'll be a high quality version online at that point, you know? And um right. it's just so late. I feel like the hype is probably not there for a movie like six months late, you know? Um You're probably right. But but Ant Man is releasing on time, so it's possible, you know. Um I don't even know how big Ant-Man will be here because I feel like Kang is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You know what I mean? It's like it's serving as like the connective tissue in the multiverse saga. And I think that helps it a lot. I agree. I I think without Kang, I don't know if, you know, as many people would go see it. But again, we don't even know how like what what it's going to perform like. Right. So I I mean, I think it came out yesterday. Yeah, I got mine. I'm nice. I I don't I can only really at this point go off of what people are talking about in the store, right? And I'm not really talking about Ant Man at all. Uh, no one's asking me what do I think is going to happen in Quantum Mania. Um, yeah, know. the conversation isn't just happening. I think a lot of people, um, unfortunately, are sort of viewing these movies as like habit things. Like, oh well, I got to see the new Marvel. Not not seeing it because they're excited. But seeing it because, well, I have to see the new one. So that now, do you there's... think that's like due to Marvel overload or um, like less interest in like the more ancillary characters? Um, I think it's probably more. I would say it's probably more Marvel overload because um, th- there's there's just been so much lately, and it's. I think they man, it's hard because you you. It's been they've been doing this for multiple releases a year for how many years and i yeah but now it's like three a year it's it's more frequent now right right so not only has it been going on forever they are ramping up which is unfortunate because i think that is hurting them um possibly i mean i say that and then black panther did well so but they've um, all done well of course we're just we're, we're on the marvel scale which is like a different league you know right um they're all making money even eternals so it's like right it's just it, like right not the hugest success ever um i i agree with you i think i actually think it might be a combination of both i'm not sure but i think the tv shows might be cannibalizing the movies a bit possibly because you know if once you've created a standard of quality that you can expect from a disney plus product which is sure not as you know, slick as the movie, but true. It's still, you know, like 75% of the way there on a lot of the things. And you can see a lot of the same faces on TV as, as you can at the movie. And then, you know, it's going to be on Disney plus later. I might just wait. I think, yeah. um, I do think the pandemic, just not even current state of pandemic. I think just the pandemic in general has recalibrated a lot of people's desires for, um, the various activities like, ah, do I really need to go see this movie out in theaters? My, 
you know, I've got a good couch and no one, there's not going to be crying babies and people on playing Fortnite in the front row, you know. And you can count on everything going to Disney Plus now within like yeah. 45 days, you know. Right. So I it's think like, that might hurt it too. You don't have a long time to wait. I mean, it doesn't really hurt the people making the movies. It hurt, I, I don't think. I think it Except hurts more of the theaters. Unless you're in the VFX department. Well, that is true. I personally, like, if we're just saying personally, I love it. I think they're doing it in a way that I really enjoy, which is, like, all the setup in the shows and then, like, the bigger payoffs in the movies. Right. But I'm worried that, like, someone who doesn't really follow it too closely will look at, like, the trailer for the Marvels that will come out soon, because that's coming out in July, and be like, who are these people? Oh, there's there's Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan, and they'll probably know because I think everyone else will be like, oh, they're they're in those shows. So I didn't. I didn't. I'll be lost if I watch that movie. You know, I'm not going to. You know, like I I'm get worried that. the like, people are going to be left in the dust. Um, you, you might be right. I mean, that I think the Marvels will be a good um sort of barometer to see how that performs. Yeah, that's the one that I feel like has the biggest payoff because it's like two new characters that you haven't seen in anything but TV shows. Right. WandaVision did lead into Multiverse of Madness a bit. And yeah, Loki but like, does lead into uh, Quantumania a bit. But, but like, Wanda and Vision are movie characters that appeared in TV, not exactly the yeah. other way around. So I think this this one is the first like real Disney Plus into, into yeah. the cinema. And we'll, we'll have see. to see. I can't believe we're getting these three movies like relatively soon. I know. It's crazy to me. I'm so excited for Marvels. Anyway, me too. I'm also excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and we got our first uh, full look at um, Adam Warlock in a recently yeah. shown image from Empire Magazine. We had like a little brief like glimpse of him in the trailer, um, and like it was accompanied by some quotes, you know, from yeah. from our guy, Mister Gun. Oh yeah. Um, Jimmy Someone G. said like. Yeah, oh, he's a new hero. And he's like, he's more complicated than that, he said. But he's definitely not a good guy. What we're seeing is the infant form of Warlock, newly out of the cocoon. He does not understand life very well. He's basically a baby. So it sounds um, like it's, he's making it Rocky from uh, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see that. He's just seven hours old, you know. For sure. It's interesting. Or Vision. Yeah, Vision we're, like, too. doing a, a Marvel connection he i think his costume kind of looks like the vision which is weird to me i don't dispute um, that yeah he does kind of look he has vision the vibes. cape the design and the the diamond on the forehead yeah um i don't know um i'm not sold on this look i will say I'm not, i mean it you know okay. i'm the look, hot toy collector i wouldn't buy the hot toy at this point <laughs> without without the character blowing you away i am Honestly, the the costume is fine. I guess it just looks a little generic, spacey to me. Like, like um, not Kevin Spacey, like Spacey, S P A C E dash Y. You know, like um, I don't think anyone thought that. I I, I did, I did. <laughs> okay, it looks like Kevin Spacey uh, from The Usual Suspects. <laughs> no, it this looks like uh, something like uh, in a randomly generated video game. You know what I mean? Like uh, you're going through the armor presets in Mass Effect or something like that. It looks like space costume yeah know, it looks like fine. someone typed will poulter vision into the ai generator and this right. is what it spat out mm. either I mean, way i feel like we're being really like 
hateful. It yeah, looks, I, I, I don't want It looks fine. <laughs> it just it's not exciting. Um, but again, like it's really hard to react to a crappy magazine photo and not seeing it in motion or you know yeah for sure but people people did the same thing about some doctor strange costumes from the first film and they were all fine yep it always i would never like fully judge something until we see the movie you know even the trailer you never know right um okay we got our first look at some of the marvel free comic book day books they showed um like some preview uh pages from it the first one is avengers x-men number one which like seems to set up Fall of X, which is the next like big um Kirk Cohen X-Men uh yes. journey. Um, but it's interesting because the X-Men are back in their 90s costumes, which I'm very happy about. Of course. I love a shameless nostalgia play. I think this might have something to do with um the same time this is coming out, the X-Men 97 TV show will be releasing too. So you know, Free Comic Book Day generally does a movie synergy. That's like kind of the name of the game for them. Right. Um, they're also having Marvel Voices, which has Ironheart as the focus, and the Ironheart show is coming out. And then, oh, um, sure. and then there's Spider Man fighting a gorilla. Oh no! Yeah, I was gonna say, who's that gorilla? I see this oh, picture. That's Gorilla Grodd. You know, uh, that's a uh, Gorilla Beast. Yeah, Beast Spidey is... and his amazing friends. Number one. Beast turned from blue fur to black fur and now is just a monkey. Exactly. Oh, is he, he's got bananas in there too? <laughs> wow. Yeah. How about this that? is a book a, um, aimed at readers aged five to seven. So oh, it's okay. To, to note that. Um, Understandable. People are like, what's Marvel doing? It's like, that's why. And and when um, is free comic book day, Dylan? Oh, it's the first Saturday in May. Oh. Which is, is you know, May yeah. 6th. May 6th. That sounds right. Same weekend as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ooh. That always what, happens. We like that. What a good weekend. Okay. Doctor Strange last year. Um, oh, yeah. They, that generally tends to happen. So that's cool. That's good. Um, that's exciting. I yeah, can't wait. I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll, of course, have them at all locations. Yeah. Um, the Last of Us did really well. It overperformed in HBO Max. It was the second highest uh, premiere uh, since 2010, second to wow. it had like 4.8 million viewers. It's second only to you know House of the Dragon, which had 10 million viewers. So of course, not even close uh, to Game of Thrones, but still like, I mean, we'll talk about it. You know the commercial right. viability of it, but still like a super big hit for them. So that's cool. That's awesome. Hopefully, that's good um, news. Hopefully, Discovery doesn't you know mess <laughs> it up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. There's a Harley Quinn Joker podcast coming out called Harley Quinn and the Joker Sound Mind. Uh-huh. And it's about um, uh, Dr. Harleen. You know, it's like the typical, it's their origin from when they're meeting. Um, but it says her dad is sick and in need of expensive life-saving uh, operation that Harleen can't afford. So she meets patient J. Um, <laughs> patient J. who that is. Yeah, it could be anyone. Um, and it says he has a strange power over everyone except her. And then Harley makes a fateful decision um, to use her relationship with Jay to get what she needs, um, leading both of them down a dangerous path that will change their lives forever. So it seems like a little bit less of a, a manipulation. Uh, hmm. Okay. Than like what we're, what used, we're to. used to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested that Christina Ricci is voicing Harley Quinn. Okay. I'm okay and, with that. Um, That's fine. Yeah, and Justin Hartley is voicing Batman. Um, 
people might know him as like Green Arrow from Smallville or This Is Us or other stuff. And then Billy Magnuson is playing a uh, Joker. I don't know who that you is. You probably don't know the name, but you know you know his face for sure. Okay. Um I might check this out. It, it's a yeah. Spotify original. Are you oh. it's free, you know? I mean if it's would, free. Would you listen? I'm I'll give the first one a shot. I do like Christina Ricci, so I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have, check it out. We'll review each episode every week. Oh, uh, guaranteed. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. This one's a little bit of a Michael story. Ooh. Uh, uh, it's, oh, you know about, you don't have this, do you? I, no, I don't. Okay. Go ahead. Um, You know about Megalopolis. I think we've briefly talked about it. Maybe yes. it's his big sci fi, uh, huge budget movie that he's working on francis ford coppola sorry he's the director yes um this is a movie no, that we only stars... refer to him by him or he we all know who him yeah capital is. h-i-m yeah yeah it stars adam, adam driver natalie emmanuel forrest whitaker lawrence fishburne shia mm-hmm. labeouf yes uh, you know tons of famous people it's about um like an architect trying to rebuild a city after a post like apocalypse or something something like that okay you know? Yeah. Um. And apparently, there's like tons of stories that have come out from this, but like the summary is that like the set is in shambles, and oh, it's God. like one of the, it's like one of the Doom production. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> scenarios really? like that. This has happened before, as you know. Yeah. Um. With Apocalypse Now. Um, yeah. And that went on to win Oscars and stuff. You know. And well, yeah, amazing. but that so, was also like, fifty years ago. True. He hasn't had a hit in like decades oh he like, hasn't right? had a good movie in a really long time I, w- I was actually just looking that up um so dracula was his last hit in 1992 wow okay yeah and he I'm did lo- twixt in 2011 and that was his last movie I, okay i liked jack that robin williams movie from 96 i liked that one so that was all okay. right um but other than that yeah you got to ooh, god i mean godfather sure dracula you got a bunch of got a bunch of bangers you know, pre nineties. So <laughs> he is financing this movie entirely himself, all $120 million. Wow. Um, which is like, that's not that much money for a sprawling epic that has a lot of sets and true. Um, apparently he's using the Mandalorian um, CGI thing. Can't remember what it's called. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Um, the screen, the not green screen thing. Right. But uh, sources saying it's descended into chaos halfway through shooting. They're in the middle of it and had to halt. Um, he fired the entire visual effects team and the what? um <laughs> Are we ever uh, gonna see this movie, you think? I kinda hope so because I want to know what's going on. Wow, that um, what a he story. also fired the production designer and the art director. Well, of course, um, you have to as well. Yeah, you have to get rid of a uh, clean slate initiative. Um Yeah, you gotta do it. So apparently it's like, okay, hold on, let me rehire people and we'll continue. Uh, the volume oh. is the name of the Mandalorian uh, tech that he's used, but people think apparently he wasn't able to work with that very well. He didn't know how it worked or like okay how to utilize it, which I think does take like a Got unique it. perspective to be able to use that. Um, so now the the theory is that he's going to switch to green screen to finish the movie and not use the volume anymore. So you might see some inconsistent effects. Um, Great. The internet is like. Why? Why does he think Roasting he can make him. this? I don't know. It's interesting. The internet his is last movie. Him because oh, go ahead. Because he said that 
famously that Marvel movies are despicable and like super easy to make, you know, um, uh. like just trash that people like churn out. But it, it does feel like a little bit like karma, like, oh, see, maybe they're not that easy to make, you know, like there is some talent involved, you know. Right. It's just a it's just a different skill. Exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. His know. last movie I was in 2011 it. and it was called Twixt and it was really bad. Yeah. I remember when I saw that movie, I got it on uh, DVD probably uh, when it came out and I lied to myself. I, I remember I remember having to defend it to myself that the movie was actually good because like Apocalypse Now and The Godfather so much. It's like, oh, no, this can't be. Mm-mm, this isn't bad. It's good. I just didn't get it. You know, it's bad. He hasn't made a good yeah, movie. Well, in I hope a really we see it. I want to. I want to see the results either way, whether yeah, it's terrible or or good. Um, but I'll end with a our weekly James Gunn Twitter update. Oh, um, no. apparently he's reading All Star Superman, and he tweeted that. Oh, well, that's nice. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I hope he likes Superman it. Book. it he's currently good. writing. The context is he's currently writing the Superman movie. So. Of course, of course. There we go. Will that will that factor in? Who knows? Well, we've covered uh, All Star Superman before, I believe, on our Grant Morrison Creator Spotlight uh, from a few years back. So go check that out uh, deep in the Uncanny Archives. But uh, yeah. let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from seven to nine p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. And I am going to pick a game, surprising nobody. Um, Finally, finally, Avatar The Last Airbender, the RPG, is in store. Um, Very excited. Very excited. We backed this Kickstarter forever ago. And it's here. And uh, retailers uh, like us who did the Kickstarter get the book a full two weeks early. So come get it at Bedrock before we get it anywhere else. Um, so we have it's got all the cool stuff, too. Yeah, there's tons of cool stuff. We have all the Kickstarter exclusive stuff that you can't get anywhere else, like the maps, the tokens, the cards, the dice, the dice bag, all sort the journals. Um, and there's three covers available. There's a standard $50 uh, regular hardcover. Uh, there is a there, then there's two deluxe covers, one with Aang and one with Korra. They are essentially the same, just a matter of who's on the front and who's on the back. So um, very cool. Uh, and I also up the Korra one. Nice. Very happy if, about it. If you're curious at all about the game itself, it's a very simple game designed to be able to be picked up pretty easily. So it's not like a big intimidating RPG. There's a lot of stuff in the book, but it's not a the game itself is not not complex. Cool. Yeah. My pick is a comic. It's Wasp number one. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a four issue mini series written by Al Ewing with art by Cassia Nie. I'm not really too familiar with her, but I flipped through it and like I was really pleasantly um, surprised. Yeah, it the art's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and this is like the 
the Janet Wasp, you know. Yeah. Um, but but Nadia is in there too. Um, and it's got a really cool cover. It's like a companion to the Ant-Man series, also by Al Ewing that came out. Um, it looks really good. Um Wasp needs a couple more titles, you know? Definitely. Yeah, there's Every other Wasp Avenger, have... original Avenger has a title, so exactly. Um, so getting into my news here, um, if you are in any way on RPG Twitter or you know <laughs> in the in the the sort of corner of the internet that hears about D and D news, uh, there's some really big stuff going on at D and D right now, uh, Wizards of the Coast specifically. So um, this is a multi layered story that is developed over uh, the course of about a week. So D and D for a very 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 long time. Uh, I'm like 20 years or so more has had this thing called the OGL, the open gaming license. And what that does is that lets people make content for Dungeons and Dragons uh, officially, and, you know, be able to call something a bugbear or be able to, you know, reference Drizzt Jordan or, you know, the Faerun or, so, you know, whatever. It's like okay. use their content to... So the original the concept of it is to have to um rival companies not make their own games but make products for D&D, right? So sort of a everybody wins type of a scenario. You you know the smaller publisher still gets to sell their books and they're probably more likely to sell their books because these books work with the most popular role-playing game in the world, right? So And they get a cut D&D obviously? Um yes, a small cut, yes. Okay, cool. Um the well depending depending on things it's a little complicated but yes they would get it they would get some money from it um depending on how much of the DD branding was used um but so um there's a lot of stuff coming out about the new DD. the next uh, edition is going to be coming out later this year or next year called one DD. um and there's sort of a lot of stuff going in with that but the the big news is that the leaked ogl 1.1 got really or got leaked earlier in the week last week uh actually late last week and it was setting rpg twitter a storm uh because it was basically revoking the previous ogl and making all sorts of provisions for things that would now you had to have to pay wizards for that you wouldn't have to in the past like streaming your game online or cosplay uh cosplay for money like like a like any of the pro cosplayers like could not cosplay as D characters or charitable campaigns or virtual tabletop or all sorts of things um so there was a big huge pushback against this um there's a lot more to it that is not really that interesting to get into but granted uh they would they're revoking the old ogl and putting in this new one um which is also retroactive meaning all the old stuff becomes like you like critical role unless they were officially licensed would have to take that stuff down things like that yeah serious big big serious um so they said they were going to make an announcement on wednesday and they didn't this past wednesday and they did not uh they delayed it till friday they made an actual announcement um and it was kind of snarky and kind of like butthead type stuff um like very i'm trying to find the exact wordings um oh yeah okay um th- they walked back some of their stuff um so now 
Um, Non-TTRPG mediums, such as, quote, educational and charitable campaigns, live streams, cosplay, virtual tabletop uses are unaffected by the new license. Um, the the there was in the there was a provision saying we can use your content for any reason that's going away um the increased royalties is going away um basically they they did they did away with most of the things that people were complaining about except for deauthorizing the old ogl meaning you couldn't produce the old content anymore um but they did so here's here's a snippet from their press release a couple of last thoughts. First, we won't be able to release the new OGL today because we need to make sure we get it right, but it is coming. Second, you're going to hear people say that they won and we lost because making uh, your voices heard forced us to change our plans. Those people were only half right. They won. And so did we. Like, that's a really gross way to like, um, I don't know. That's a really gross way of like referring to your own sort of um, victory. Like it's a very like self-congratulatory thing here. Um, they say here that um, our plan was always to solicit the input of the community um, before any update to the OGL. You're just, you were seeing some drafts, blah, 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 blah. But when they say they won, but so did we, that's really kind of crappy, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Sucks. Um, I know Dylan lost some audio for a little bit, so um it's all good but sorry I, i'm back yeah welcome he's back um so if you've been keeping up with this i still we still don't have a resolution as of the time of the recording they have not released the new ogl yet um but what's it, expected it, to happen so there was a big push for people to cancel their D beyond subscriptions um on twitter and a lot of people were doing it and it crashed the cancellation page uh you couldn't Ooh. like so the conspiracy theory is that wizards just pulled the page down yeah which i think is more accurate um if only the cancellation page isn't working but lot either way enough people were doing it that they had to pull the page down which is really dirty anyway shady super shady but um so the the fallout though um is that every other developer um the biggest the biggest one being uh, Pezo, who makes Pathfinder, which is essentially the first Pathfinder utilized the D&D OGL. Um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition does not. It is its own, fully its own game. But Pathfinder 2nd, Pezo said that they are introducing a new irrevocable open RPG license to replace the OGL. Um, hmm. So people can make their games off of the Pathfinder system. And an interesting thing here is the license will not be owned by Pezo or any other TTRPG company and will be stewarded by Azora Law Firm, a company which represents several other blah, 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 blah. Um, so there's another there's another big one uh, coming out from uh, Pezo, which is exciting. Kobold Press has signed on to work with that one. Kobold Press does a lot of stuff to produce D&D content, but I guess no more. They will be producing stuff for Pathfinder. Um, and then, yeah, several other companies are also, um, doing their own sort of version of it. Um, Renegade is doing one for their 2d20 system called 2d20 world builders. And uh, most major companies that have their own system are releasing their own sort of OGL now. So, and I can tell you, I've had a big uptick in people asking, 
for something to replace D&D. I've actually had people come in the store this past week and asking for something to play instead of D&D now. So it's interesting. I I think that's like the intermediate type player. I don't think you're going to get like a lot of casuals who are going to even care no. or know. They wouldn't even know, yeah. honestly, because yeah. how would you know, truly, if you're only buying the D&D branded books, you would never know. For sure. Um, but it's just a very niche thing that has set like the entire RPG Twitter alight. It's crazy. But um, anyway, moving on to horror news. So, uh, well, this isn't horror, but anyway, it's a movie thing, but it's a little bit uh, more my speed. So there's a new title announced called Odessa starring Sadie Sink from Fear Street, uh, Stranger Things. And And some all too well short film. Yes, exactly. Um, Anyway, so this is going to be Deadline is reporting that this movie um, is going to be written and directed by Jeremy Jasper, who did Patty Cakes, which I don't know. Um, And it is a post-apocalyptic rock opera with original songs written and produced by some people. Um, Set in the post-apocalyptic future, Odessa is an original rock opera about a farm girl on an epic quest to rediscover, I'm sorry, recover a cherished family heirloom. Her journey leads her to a strange, dangerous city where she meets her one true love. But in order to save his soul, she must put the power of destiny and song to the ultimate test. Um, that's an interesting. I you know I rock operas. I didn't think that was a thing we were doing anymore. So <laughs> I just when you said like patty Sadie. cakes, it reminded I like rang a bell and I remember that I watched it. It was really good. It was was a, it? It was like a you probably know if you saw the cover. It's like a girl who is trying to like sign up record label deal to be a rapper. Um, oh yeah this one okay it, it was big it was like a critical i remember hit a few years ago maybe five years right, right, ago right. or something right i remember 2017 i'm in for anything Sadie sync though so i'll watch oh it. absolutely so an interesting um i didn't expect to wake up to upcoming rock opera news so <laughs> there's that um very cool we'll keep you updated as more stuff comes out um so we we've covered happy death day previously on the show and unfortunately, I have some bad news. <laughs> um, we've seen two Happy Death Day films already. Uh, and director Christopher Landon was talking about a potential third one um, in an interview with Slash Film. He said there is, quote, no movement at all regarding Happy Death Day uh, 3U. Uh, he says, quote, <laughs> there, there was a tiny moment where I felt like I had Universal's attention, but they forgot about me. I think it's a really tough one for them. And I'm really and I'm being really blunt and honest in the future in that the first movie was very successful and made a lot of money. It was well-received, and the sequel was not. The sequel is loved by people who have seen it, but it did not make a lot of money, and it was not a success for them. So it's very hard to motivate them to make a third movie when the last one didn't just perform. Uh, those are the hard economics of the business. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I I respect that. I respect the honesty, but I'm okay yeah. with it. I don't think I love Happy Death Day, and I also liked Happy Death Day to you. I, I don't too. think we need a third one. I'm okay with him like retiring it. Yeah, I think he like turns out all these like uh gimmick premises and I uh-huh. would rather just like more of those than like sequels, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Um moving on to uh Kevin Williamson uh was talking about Scream 6 or Scream, I guess. Uh he was having an interview with Sci-Fi Wire uh talking about the sixth installment of the franchise and calling it a quote, fresh reinvention of the saga. 
Um, he says, it doesn't feel like a part six. It feels like you're watching this big, huge, fresh, fresh reinvention. I love, 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 love it. I've watched the movie with a big smile on my face. I think it's everything and more. And going to New York was awesome. The, the movie feels new. It feels fresh. It feels like a new movie. Um, he says, it's really good. It's great. There's no way around it. I'm very happy with how it turned out. I really do have all the enthusiasm for it. I'm really excited. So, well, so he's glowing. I mean, granted, what's he, he going to say? This one's a dud. For sure. But it's not out yet. For sure. But um, he, I mean, I'm he could also it. not gush, you know? He could say nothing. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited for Scream VI. It, it gives did. me, it gives me hope. I mean, I, I already have hope. I think this movie's going to be good. Are you? Yeah. Uh, we, we have a while till this comes out, right? I'm excited because Hayden Panettiere is back. Oh, wait. Never, this is March 10th. We don't have to wait very long at all. Man. Yeah. All this stuff is coming out so soon, Dylan. I know. We got, we're booked and busy. Right? Um, it's a Migos song, right? Booked I don't and know. Busy. I was, it, sorry, it was bad and bougie. I thought it went over your head. I'm sorry, Dylan. My bad. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Anyway, more Kevin, another Kevin Williamson news here. Um, he has signed on to be involved with Crystal Lake, the Peacock Friday the 13th series, um, as well as um, Adrian King, who starred in the first movie. Um, so what do we have here? Uh, Crystal Lake is an upcoming series from, I forgot A24 was involved. A24, Peacock, and Brian Fuller. This is going to be awesome. Uh, anyway, Variety says... Um, the show will be written by Brian Fuller, who is also the showrunner uh, and executive producer. Victor Miller, who penned the original film in the franchise, will also executive produce. Um, and then they have announced that um, Kevin Williamson will be writing one of the episodes. Um, they officially start filming. In, oh, no, no, sorry. They officially start writing in two weeks. It will have two scores to choose from, a modern one and a classic Manfredini one. Uh, Kevin Williams is writing an episode. Adrian King will have a recurring role. So, uh, and also Brian Fuller pitched four seasons of this. So they've only ordered one, but Fuller's got a plan for four. I don't, I don't have any faith in Peacock. So me neither. That's like a big deterrent for me. Did you know, I'm going to illustrate this perfectly for you, Michael. Okay, let's hear it. Did you know that there is a show coming out um, this month in nine days? It is a Ryan Johnson mystery written and directed TV show on Peacock starring no. Natasha Leone, Adrian Brody, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Stephanie Hsu. What's it called? Um, Jamila Jamil. It's called Poker Face. I've never heard of that until right now. Hong Chow. Um, it has an all-star cast. And yeah. it's, like I said, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And it's a, it's a TV show that's coming out in nine days on Peacock. And I feel and like no, no one's one has watch it. heard of it. No, no one's heard of it. No one will watch it. And... Uh, <laughs> Wow. I don't know. The trailer looks good, though. I what just found out about it like a week ago. What are they, um, Amazon Prime? It's like, It seems worse, almost. You know? Right. Like, you'd think they would want to capitalize on the Glass Onion hype train. Of like, course. Oh, we have a Ryan Johnson mystery coming out. Oh, you, know? you like Ryan Johnson mysteries? Boy, boy, let me tell you. With an ensemble yeah. cast? Have I have I got the show for you? So I feel like that's going to happen here, and no one will watch Crystal Lake. Uh, although you do have the built-in IP fandom, so I think there is that. True. I, so I mean, we have a long way to see to 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 go. This thing they're not even writing it. it they're starting writing in two weeks. So you know, I don't expect to see this for a while. 
Yeah, but they have all the famous people in the other one. I feel like that's like the equivalent, you know? True. I don't know. It has Benjamin Bratt, Ron Perlman. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited um, for both. My last thing here is, so this one has been sort of blowing up um, on all the social media, the horror related social medias that I see um, for the past yes. couple of, for the past couple of weeks, like little teasers here and there talking about something called the outwaters. I was like, what is this? Is it the scariest movie of the year? Uh, uh-huh. All these things people say about every horror movie you've ever seen. Skin and um, rink. Skin and Right. Um, and so I'm very, obviously as a horror fan, you get very skeptical about that type of praise. Um, you don't buy into the hype. No, generally not. I try not to. Because they show them at festivals, and that's how I feel like this hype starts. It's like right. 20 um, this, people so, are like, oh my god, on Twitter. Right, this 20 people that went to Fantastic Fest or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we did get a trailer for this thing called The Outwaters, which I've been seeing ads for it on Screenbox, because that's where I've been. I signed up for Screenbox, and I really enjoy that. Um, but anyway, so this is a film. But Who's it directed by? Somebody that I've never heard of, I'm sure. Um yeah. Wow. Um, Rob Robbie Banfitch. I love him. Oh yeah, of course. Um it's gonna be in select theaters February 9th and then VOD very soon after that. Um so this is a found footage uh film that is a uh there's so many quotes in this trailer. So the trailer is very vibey until the last 30 uh, 10, 15 seconds. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of like scenes and then quotes telling you how great this movie is. But some of those quotes are incredible. Um but the sources right the sources uh, who knows um uh, so all we have to go on is the outwaters takes viewers off the beaten path and into their own nightmares the film plays out over three memory cards found in a sun-drenched section of the mojave desert the footage within is that of a foursome who set out to make a music video while camping led by charismatic la filmmaker uh their trip starts out uneventful uh though their peace is occasionally disrupted by unexplained sounds, vibrations, and unnatural animal behavior. Animal behavior. Then one night, everything changes, sending the foursome on a mind-bending trip through terror. Um, I think the trailer is very good. I really enjoy the trailer. Um, what did you think about it, Dylan? Yeah, I've even been seeing hype around this, and if it's like oh, really? to my TikTok, then like, you know it's big. right? Um, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm like championing the return of the found footage movies um but like i like that people can make things like these passion projects for no money and like have the chance for it to get all this traction like skinnamarink you know like skinnamarink did you see how much money it made yeah it made, it made like, like eight hundred thousand dollars and yeah, that movie is... costs like 10 grand yeah that's a that's a, like a <laughs> for them a, that's a rip-roaring success um but like some of the quotes from the trailer uh, from the Daily Dread, a terrifying, suffocating viewing experience. Um, hits hard and cuts deep. An assault entirely unlike anything found footage audiences have ever been subjected to. But again, these are all from sources I've never heard of, like Nightmare on Film Street. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. Um, Bloody Disgusting is really putting it over, but Bloody Disgusting owns Screenbox, and that's oh. what's going to debut. So. I mean, well, I, I don't know if you can trust that fully. You said it'll be in theaters? I mean, it's, it says select theaters. Houston I'm, theaters, maybe? Skinnamarink is in theaters in Houston. It's in uh, yeah. Katie, Katie Mills. I, I wanted to try to go see it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's I at know. Regal, too. 
Is it really? Okay. Yeah. So if that happened, then maybe this we could have a chance to see this. I don't know. Maybe. Very. I mean, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. Um, but I'm excited about it. I think it looks pretty good. But anyway, that's all I got. Let's hear about all these tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee, however we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we are going to talk about The Last of Us, the brand new series from HBO. Um, just started this past Sunday, so episode one, we are ready to go. Episode one pilot, I think we're, it's called, is for sure what we've... Oh, no, it's called when you're, lost, when you're Lost in the Darkness. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah. I was I was trying to find it as I was uh, talking up there, but you know what? Whatever. It's called The Pilot, uh, starring Pedro Pascal <laughs> and Bella Ramsey. Yep. Uh, the adapting the video game of the same name. Um, and forewarning, we will spoil the show. Um, I don't think Dylan has finished or played the first one. Do you yeah, know? I haven't. Have you so watched? I don't want to know spoilers there. Okay, cool. So we will not, I'm not going to spoil the video game. Um, suffice to say, it is my favorite video game of the seventh generation. That is to say, the Xbox 360 PS3 generation. That is, okay. that is, it's the best game of that of that gen i i will say i really want to play it after having watched this first episode i need to know what happens you know so i know the uh whoever's related to the show said that it does differ from the video game in some respects but i will tell you that first episode does not the first episode is so the first scene or the first bit the 2003 bit is like shot for shot the beginning of the game and I, if you don't know what's coming, that opening to, to, I almost said left for dead, uh, that opening to the last of us hits you so hard when you think, you think, you know, what's going on and then you don't, um, remember spoilers. If you care about spoilers, this happens in the first five minutes of the show. So it's not that crucial, but, uh, you see Joel who's played by Pedro Pascal, uh, his daughter get killed. And you don't know that's coming at the time. And it's just a crazy like, oh, wow. Okay. This is the type of game we're playing. All right. Um, I didn't know that was going to happen. Only just like the nature of the advertising for the show and knowing it was like the beginning of it. Right. And And also that character is not in any of the future advertising. Yeah. She literally woke up in the bed. I was like, she's dead. Um, Right. 
I was surprised at how much time they spent with her, though. Like, I thought maybe that would Well, they want happen, you to like, like her. They want you to be sad. yeah, we got the whole, because I know in the game, they, like, it kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, it starts with her giving him the watch, like, on mm -hmm. his birthday, but in yeah. this one, like, we got to spend more time with her, uh, just shopping for the watch, how the day was going, you know, right. and I really liked that, because it, like, laid the groundwork for, like, um, the the day itself, which was normal, but like you could tell something was off, right? And like, I don't know. I was just like, not to be like, I don't want to be like heavy or anything, but it kind of reminded me like as a kid, like when nine eleven happened, like sure. it seemed kind of normal, but like something you knew something like, bad had happened, you right. know. And it, it gave well, me that same feeling, which I think they did really well. Uh, yeah, they they really nailed it because you get this sense of like looming global dread. Like I don't like I don't know how else to to say it. Like it's like some sort of it's in the air. Something really bad's going on, and they really just captured the vibes perfectly. Um, I they nailed it, and I I that's honestly what I was most nervous about is whether or not they were going to do the the opening scene of the game because to me that is just like pivotal to really understanding Joel as a character. Yeah, because that informs everything that Joel does in the game. Okay. Um, his sort of just how he carries himself, his current relationships. I, I really just can't say I'm without spoiling anything. Um, how he interacts with Ellie, you know, it's well, very I feel like, I feel like I mostly have questions for you here. Okay. <laughs> sure. What's up reviewing it. But like, I noticed that like, I feel pretty confident that something's going on with the food. Because they brought it up so many times with like the pancakes and the biscuits and the like him. They made it a point to show that neither of them were eating or that he wasn't eating throughout. Mm -hmm. And like, I I think I read that it wasn't, it's like airborne in the game, right? Yes. Do you think that they're switching that? Because I didn't get any airborne. I didn't get a sense that it was airborne in the. I don't know. I, I don't episode. know. Did I, they switch it to food or something? That, that could be. That could be. But it also could be to um talk about how dependent they are on this little makeshift society that they have so that when they in the end of the episode when they go through the fence they're not going to have that food source that, that that guaranteed sort of food source might be what they're doing they might be trying to illustrate what they're going to be without when they leave the settlement um i saw a theory that it was in the flat contaminated flour because there was like the pancakes that they didn't eat in the morning and then they forgot the birthday cake and then they didn't eat any of that old lady's cookies that she was munching on and then she was infected. Oh, yeah. And then um, the that guy, um, the uncle or something. Yeah, uh, Uncle Tommy. He did, he, they said, oh, I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast. Maybe we'll pick up something on the way. It seemed very weird to put all those in. You know what There's I mean? lots of instances of people not eating. I didn't I yeah. didn't even put that together, if I'm honest with you. But that's, I'm, that's, a, that's interesting. But it's but see, I'm not trying to solve that mystery because I'm not looking for that. Um, okay. Cause, yeah. Because I played the game and I know what it happens there. But if I, know... I had to like guess media wise why they would make that change, I think it might be because you don't want to have like a mask on your actors for a lot of the show. You know, I think that's, that's a true. good way to fix that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And plus, um, if you were having a lot of airborne stuff, that is a lot, maybe two similar parallels to covid yeah maybe they you don't know. want to do that commentary it's like when the stand came out and they cut out a bunch of the plague stuff because mm. it was came out like mid 2020 
that stand remake. Yeah. Like, man, y'all really deviated from the Captain Trip portion of this, huh? I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So anyway, um, so I really, really liked this first episode. We don't need to get down to the plot details or whatever, but you get um, you get uh, Joel and Tess going on runs and you meet. um, What's her name? Marlene. Ma- Touch with the M. Forget her name. Um, she's in the, she's in the game too. Okay. Um, but you you meet them and I'm I'm looking for the name and I'm not finding it here. Yeah, it is Marlene. Um, and you know you you get introduced to the Fireflies, which is some people say that they're terrorists, some people say that they don't that they're not. But you know that's for you to decide. Um, and then they uh, escape uh, as Joel, you know. <laughs> kills the guard or we assume kills the guard. Um, And I think uh, so watching this as someone who's played the game, I thought they nailed it. Like it was, it was, it did everything. So the last of us, the video game is something that is like as close to narratively perfect as a video game can be. I think Okay. I, I don't, I have like no notes for the last of us game. Um, now obviously you can't just adapt, um, just one-to-one, but they, they did it with the tone. Uh, and I know there will, there will be deviations of course, and I'm, I'm not married to it. I'm ready for changes to happen, but this feels like a perfect adaptation so far. Yeah. So as someone who didn't play the game, Dylan, what, what were your thoughts on the first episode? I really loved it. I liked, I was shocked by how long it was. It's 85 minutes long. Yeah. So it felt like, it felt like a little movie to me, but I thought that was, that really served it re- very well because you got to tell the whole, I feel like we got like such a like juicy amount of plot, you know, like mm-hmm. you got to see it from the beginning to like the setup, like the hook for what the show is. Yeah. And I think if they, if they had tried to condense that down to 45 minutes or so, it could have been like, it felt a little rushed, you know? Um, there was a lot of exposition and world building once we jumped to. Yes. When you jumped 20 years later. Yeah. 2023. Um, okay. Yeah. I know they did some kind of decade shift from the game that people were. Yeah, they did. Sure about. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, the game, the, the time jump is 20 years also in the game. It's just they started earlier. Okay. They started in the 90s or something. I wonder why. Interesting. Who cares? Or two thousand three, something like that. Well, the, well, the 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 game started in two thousand. I'm sorry. Um, I don't. I I couldn't tell you when the game started, but the show started in two thousand three, and then jumps twenty years in the future. The game also jumps twenty years in the future, but I don't remember where they started from. The game starts ten years later than the the show has moved back ten years, which people are wondering why they did that. I don't know. Um, but whatever. uh, People want to complain about something. I don't think they're complaining. They're just like. That's a Curious. weird. And I wonder why. Yeah. Um, right. But the um, the exhibition was done well. It was, I didn't feel like to feel too spoon fed or. There was a lot of it, but like you sort of have to when you're doing a 20 year time jump. But exactly. I, I, get, yeah. I get you like that first 10 minutes post time jump. You're like, OK. Tell me yeah, everything. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're info dumping. Understood. But, you know. Well, well, ever since the 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 outbreak, you know, like right. very much. Um as you know, Bob. Yeah. Uh but, but not not heavy handed. Yeah. Um I thought it would be like just knowing nothing of it. I thought it would be more like 
zombie focused. Uh, I oh, realized it's coming. it was like, okay, it wasn't very much in this one. Um, no, there was the one, um, like cinematic car action scene, you know, the with the daughter, yeah. And I thought, and that's I know one that they to like, one also, yeah. I know they took a lot of shots from the game, but it didn't feel sometimes it feels really gimmicky when they do that in a video game movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel that way this time, it felt pretty. I, so Natural. I did, but that's because, like, go Dylan, go back and watch the opening level or whatever. And that scene with the fire on the street, you know, with the movie theater or whatever, that that's that's it. That's there. I, I went back and looked it up because I was like, I feel like that looked there were some shots in there that were identical and there really were. Um, Man, it was real okay. good. Um, but it didn't feel maybe it's because I had seen that. Um, that almost exact scene in Quiet Place. They did that whole car mm. thing um, where they follow them turning around in the car in Quiet Place, which I guess they stole from Last of Us. I don't know. Uh, or were inspired by uh, right. if they did that in the game first. But it didn't feel like too crazy to me, like when somebody becomes POV and uh, a video game movie. That, that um, scene in the game is so interesting because you're playing as Sarah for most of that level. Um, oh, okay. And so you are in the car. Uh, and so you are controlling whether you're looking forward at the back or whatever you're doing. So it felt very much like playing the game. It was very interesting. That's cool. I felt really immersive in the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. Like basically this one was about, I always think it's interesting with these zombie shows, how it's like about the restructuring of society mm-hmm. rather than like the zombies themselves. I'm guessing that will change based on what you're saying, but I like well, that's what I'm, this one was about. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to, I mean, it is the zombie. What I mean, when I said the zombies are going to show up, I mean, they are, they do show up, but it's, it's less about like solving that problem. Okay. Um, Or at least the game was. Makes sense. You sort of get to a point where the fireflies, well, whatever, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm ex- Can you tell me like just in a yes or no, whether or not there's like, more resolution than walking dead or if it's like well i, I never finished walking dead um nothing ever evolves in, in walking dead in last of us no there was not there was they didn't okay. like at the end of last of us one i never beat two i never even played two but the end of last of us one they don't like okay well that's it we've solved it we figured it out the zombies are done okay um, but i like that there's at least like a mission to like try you know yeah of course walking dead became very much after the first couple seasons like this is doomed. This is our new normal. We have to f- fight the humans now. Yeah. It's like got right. old quick, but I like that there's like a, a third yeah, line there, mission here. There, there, there is, there are people trying. Okay. <laughs> there are people trying and you do interact with that. Um, okay. It seems like it's going to be like very compelling, but like a difficult watch. Maybe it, man, man, I don't know what I'm in for. I obviously know one big spoiler, but I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. And I, I kind of like that. I want to know off air what big spoiler you know. Um, okay. All right. But anyway, I guess that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, go watch The Last of Us. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter. 
Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.